chugga, 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 chugga. Path girl. Chugga, 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 chugga. Woo. Is that the hot mess express I hear? (laughs) (laughs) One ticket, please. That is the hot mess express. That is this wonderful show. Choo, choo. Oh, my God. I would run a train on you so fast. If I had clones uh, of myself, if I had clones of myself, I would totally Eiffel Tower you. Oh, that would that be is not the visual that I needed. Thank you. Well, if if, if if I had a clone, it would be a hot clone. I'm not going to I'm not going to make a fat, ugly looking like me now clone. You know, <laughs> you have to raise it. They don't just appear <laughs> and walk out of the fucking tube like Fry and Futurama. <laughs> He was just frozen, by the way. It wasn't actually a clone. But they did want to, they almost cloned the dog. That was the saddest fucking episode in the fucking world. I don't want to get into it because we have a very exciting show to get to. But here's the important thing if I was a clone, it would be a hot clone and it would Eiffel Tower you, which means that there's a dick in your vagina and a dick in your mouth. And then we hold hands at the top with my clone creating an you'd be a. a boogie bot like instead of like a fembot from awesome Pat, you'd be a boogie bot yes this is the type of show <laughs> we're gonna have god damn it so let's get to it the following show is for mature audiences only listener discretion is advised and because you are responsible for yourself there won't be another fucking warning one two three four do you feel your sex life is quite plain scared that your desires might be strange Hello, and welcome to Perverted Podcast, the show where we explore the adventures of the kinky lifestyle, sex, and an ever-corrupting human mind. Recording on Zencaster, where there will be pain involved, but only if you ask nicely. I'm Path Girl. I am Count Boogie, and I'm actually very pumped up about our topics today. It's going to be a fun show, an interesting show. We haven't talked about some of these things in a while. Enigma and I later are going to be talking about uh, submissive male headspace and being emasculated and all that shit. And uh, today you and I are going to dig into some fun poly stuff. It's going to be a lot of fun show. It's about Halloween. So I don't know if this is officially the Halloween show. Maybe you could like squirt a pumpkin out of your your vagina or something. It's spooky season! (laughs) Yay! A candy corn enema? No. No? not no. Th- Well, plus the sugar is probably not good for you. Surely don't do a candy corn douche. That would not be good. <laughs> you are guaranteed to piss off your vagina because most people hate uh, candy corn. And you'll get a UTI. But I digress. I did have trust play in this last week. Oh. Which is a new type of play for me. Okay. I actually bottomed in trust play. And... uh I got to say, I have a new level of respect for fear play from the bottom's point of view. <laughs> and uh, I locked myself out of storage. Oh, no. And because I'm retarded, that's well, something you yeah, do anyway, when you're but... retarded. And, uh, and so I have to call up front. And my buddy Martin that runs the place, the taxidermist that I've talked about, uh, I'm like, hey, bro, you got to bring the cutter because my lock is, you know, massive and you can't just use the bolt cutters. So he's got to bring a splitting, a spinning rotary blade, you know, cutter. Oh, damn. And it's like a power tool Mm -hmm. and it's crazy and it spins and it's like, looks like that, you know, prehistoric, you know, uh, autopsy machine that you cut the tops of skulls <laughs> off with. Oh, like a striker saw. Oh, good it's grief. <laughs> a striker saw. Yeah, 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 yeah. You know, you cut, you do this stuff all the time. So he starts cutting away at my lock and we laugh, you know, cause I'm stupid and he's getting halfway through this thing and sparks are flying everywhere and I'm trying to run from the sparks and he's got goggles on, but I don't cause I'm stupid. And I'm like, dude, this looks great. And then all of a sudden it occurs to me, you know, pieces of metal in the eye hurt a lot. Yeah, they do. And it's pretty much a guaranteed trip to the ER. Mm-hmm. So I'm just going to move out of that range. But he couldn't really get the cutter. Like the lock was moving and it wasn't really getting. So he got like halfway through it and he was really struggling with it and kind of, you know, whatever. And all of a sudden 
Remember, retarded, <laughs> I get this great idea. Oh, no. Hey, why don't I get a pair of pliers and then I'll hold the lock with the pliers oh, and then you finish this 2,000 RPM splinting, spinning skull cut blade oh, my God. and finish the lock. And, of course, we're both dudes, so he's like, okay, let's do that. So I go in my trunk. I don't even have pliers because all my tools are in fucking storage. Mm. I have a pair of long nose pliers, which close in a V, not really a gripping thing and not really big enough to get around this big lock. But fuck it. We're dudes. This is what we do. So I'm all excited to be helpful. (laughs) And so, you know, a storage unit is you have the rolling door because it's out your unit. You have the rolling. Yeah. And it has cinder block all around the edge. Mm -hmm. And so I'm like, well, I don't want to get fucking shards in my eyes. So I'll just kind of pinch the lock and twist it towards the door where he can cut it. And then I'll just stick my head around the cinder block so I don't get, you know, burning metal sparks in my eye, which I thought was a great idea. So now I'm I pinch the thing and I hold it. And he starts just, okay. And he starts going at it. And I feel this thing shaking. And all of a sudden it occurs to me, you know, I've been a musician for 40 years. And my left hand is literally three inches away from somebody else handling a power tool next to the only fucking thing that is keeping me alive. Because my right hand is good for jerking off, (laughs) but my left hand is the guitar hand, which is everything. The only reason I'm alive is because I'm making music right now. I have nothing else going on in my life. So I, all of a sudden, fear just rushes. And I'm holding this thing, and we're being two dumb dudes, like, yeah, fuck it, let's cut the lock. And I... Just I couldn't get over the fear that just the wrong move in any direction by an inch could spin this blade straight into my fucking hand, holding it with these long nose pliers. <sighs> and I just start to focus and I'm like, you know, he's been doing this a long time. He knows what he's doing. Yeah. He probably knows how to work this tool, except by himself. <laughs> so he needs me to hold it with a thing. This should all work out just fine, right? Yeah. And I just start, I feel my forehead start sweating and I'm just looking away and I start picturing my poor submissives while I'm doing Uh knife play on them and fire play on them and all of these things that are crazy. And I've trained for these things and I've done these things, but there's still that risk. And I start going, I don't want to be a fucking fear play bottom. This is (laughs) bullshit. I didn't sign up for this. And he's cutting away, and finally, he after like three minutes of me like literally going, this is my life. I'm going to kill myself if he cuts off my fingers. You know, I got to trust him. He, you know, it finally breaks the lock, and I act really, really cool. But I kind of feel like I need some aftercare, and I didn't want it from him. Uh-huh. So, I'm, you know, he takes the, you know, the thing. And uh, and walks away with the lock, and uh, I survived bottoming. Oh, God. I survived bottoming, and then I got my own cuddle blankets, Aww. and I wrapped them around myself because I'll fucking daddy myself. <laughs> and uh, it was pretty horrible. Did you have any play? Uh, yeah. Actually, I had a play party this weekend with the Kinky Tribe. We had our little kinky Halloween party, so uh, I got to do a scene with Doc. Um just a basic uh let's see what did we use we used uh rubber serrated flogger he had me up on uh chains in the middle of the living room so the rest of the tribe could kind of watch um with uh, a rubber serrated flogger and some paint sticks and a paddle oh and i had this um they call it like an attire on a, on a handle it's like a big piece of rubber oh yeah that you can whack somebody with. yeah so it's it's kind of thuddy and stinky at the same time uh, but also finished off with a whip, but uh, very much needed scene. I was originally supposed to do a barbed wire scene with him, but I'm starting to rethink it because originally we were planning it last time we, we played is I was going to be sitting on a chair, kind of the, sitting backwards, kind of straddling the chair. And that way he'd be kind of wrapping the barb wrapping the barbed wire around me to the chair. 
But then the more I thought about it, I'm like, half of my literal assets are going to be sitting on that chair. That's not going to be as fun as it should be. So the barbed wire scenes I've seen him do, everybody's been standing up or uh, one of our friends got barbed wire to a table and then they did some impact play. So I'm trying to rethink the way we can do that barbed wire scene where I'm standing up and, you know, because especially when I'm playing with Doc, there's times I kind of like tiptoe away from him or like I'll start like, you know, trying to kick him or something and just, you know. With the barbed wire cage kind of, it's going to keep me in place. Right. But it's just like I want to have enough wiggle room to like if I need to scoot away a little bit, I can. But at the same time, I don't want to throw myself into barbed wire. <laughs> yeah, so he, yeah. So this isn't like a hitting barbed wire scene. Usually when you see Bob, it's like a barbed wire cane or flogger. Like I have the chainsaw floggers that I made. Right. And you're actually hitting someone with it. So you're you're going to be restrained with Bob Wire. And then he's going to kind of beat it into you a little bit. Yes, yes, yes. What what I've seen him oh, do. Oh, that's hot. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, the, the first time I saw him do this scene with another one of our uh, kinky friends, uh, the first time she was barbed wired to a table. And then he was kind of hitting her with vampire gloves in between the, the wraps of the barbed wire. And then mm. the second time, or they've done it multiple times. The second time I saw her do it was this past weekend where she was wrapped in the bar. She had her hands up in chains above her. And then he wrapped the barbed wire around her kind of loosely, but enough that he can kind of like press it into her skin. And then he took a stick in between like a couple of uh, layers of the barbed wire and then started twisting it tighter. Oh, like yeah. Like around her boobs and then like around her like thighs and stuff. So like it was still enough that like, if he had to loosen it up, he could do it immediately just by, you know, spinning the stick. But, um, oh, she had some gorgeous little poke marks all over her. But I'm just trying to think of the best way to combine impact with the barbed wire, you know. And obviously for safety reasons, like if he needs to cut me out of it, there's there's metal shears right nearby. But, right, right, right. Uh, he's and he's wearing clippers. gloves. But um, I'm just trying to think of the best way to – because I've never played in barbed wire before. It looks fucking hot. And then obviously he's got a couple of barbed wire um, – like uh almost like a paddle or a stick that he's kind of made so like he could do right. impact with a barbed wire stick on me while i'm in the barbed wire so i'm getting double the effect sure so we just got to negotiate a little bit more and kind of bring you know think outside the box a bit where it's just basically like what's going to be the best way to kind of play this out so yeah i mean uh, hmm yeah without like really going through the logistics uh yeah. you know maybe starting small and just mm. like only securing like your wrists to the cross or mm. whatever, and then he hits. Oh, this you with isn't a cross. This is just about like so that way he can he can go around me like a right. Oh, okay, okay, okay. okay. Yeah. I see what you're saying. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's definitely something that I'm sure you guys are going to figure out mm-hmm. to find something. But once again, you know, if you have physical limitations, which you do, and you can mm. pass out, and sometimes you have to come out really quick. That is yeah. just something that you have to deal with that you're going to have to modify that placing. And of course, you know, we haven't had Solaris. I've been talking to Solaris again. We're going to have her come on because um, Solaris does a lot of uh, disability and kink yes. uh, classes. So uh, it'd be good to get her back on. I got to call her this week. But uh, yeah. it is important to understand that sometimes if you have limitations, you can still explore these things, but you're going to have to modify and kind of accept that maybe you're not going to be able to stand or do this so uh, I think it's going to be fun and you guys are going to work oh, it yeah. out it's going to be pretty cool Fit Life is the place talk about genital torture in subspace we share our kinky thrills with perverts from around the world for your peace of mind, please know that the author of every post we talk about has specifically granted us permission to do so. So we have a post from Daisy05 from FetLife. Thank you so much to Daisy for letting us read her post that's entitled, What It's Like to Be Owned by Someone Who's in Love with Someone Else. Ouch. <laughs> yeah, I think I think most of us have been there in some way or shape or form. I mean, so. it's not ouch. It's this is going to be good. This is yes, going to be good. Yeah. But it's a sticky situation, you kooky yeah. you kooky kids. It's yeah. it can be sticky, but I think I think this uh poster handles it great. I'm excited. Go ahead. Sorry. Yeah. Okay. I've been thinking about choices a lot lately. Who I choose to spend my time with? where I choose to put my energy. Generally speaking, I tend to be someone who prefers to go for the easiest choice. Despite that, 
I find myself choosing every day to be in a hierarchical dynamic that I would describe as quite difficult. Not only have I given myself completely over to someone, but I've given myself to someone who's deeply committed to and in love with another person. Before I continue, it's important for me to say that I have fully consented to being in this dynamic. I'm very satisfied with my place in the hierarchy, and I was completely informed of the situation prior to being involved. This writing is merely to place to express some of the feelings that can inevitably occur when you exist at the bottom of a hierarchical dynamic. So let's talk about jealousy and envy. Jealousy and I are quite comfortable with each other. I think it's impossible to live your life, particularly a non-monogamous life, without occasionally experiencing a bit of jealousy. I'm pretty good at witnessing the moment of jealousy and letting it pass by. Envy seems to be the greatest struggle for me. I belong to Sir, and in that, he essentially is the most important thing in my life but I'm very aware that I'm not the most important thing in his life. I often envy the effort and time he spends on other people. The greatest challenge here is finding the balance between stepping back and focusing on myself while also not losing sight of the importance of the dynamic. Sometimes I try to remind myself in these moments that allowing room for that relationship to thrive is part of my service and sacrifice to him and them. So it all comes back down to choice. I choose this dynamic because I believe in it makes me better, and I believe that it teaches me to simultaneously experience complicated emotions while still showing up for myself and other people. <sighs> yeah, this is one of those things that make you go, hmm. This, this individual, we hear about, I mean, this is kind of a special thing. Yeah. This person is what I like to call the courageous self-actualization adventurer person. Okay. This is this meaning this is the person that is so curious about their personal growth that they will stomach ugly feelings, discomfort and horror to find that better version of themselves. And the post was longer and we'll post it on our on yes. our Fat Life page so you can get kind of the whole gist of what the poster was saying. But this is a situation and we do it in a way in our own lives. I do it a lot with the show. We're very vulnerable. We feel uncomfortable. A lot of these topics make me very uncomfortable and I have to dig through all my vulnerabilities and, and mm. insecurities and foibles and you know, what a shitty person I am, but I don't do it with other men in my partner, non-monogamy relationships. Yeah. It is a different animal to deal with it. And I love the fact that the poster uh, used the difference between jealousy and envy and the jealousy that occurs is the fear. Jealousy is what somebody else is taking from me. Envy is what you don't have. And so jealousy is that thing where, Oh, well this person's taking their time. But the envy goes a little bit deeper in the poster talked about that, which was really good because the envy is she's never going to have, at least at this point in this relationship, the way everyone has agreed for this to set up, that she is yeah. not going to get that position. And she now has to deal with herself in what she does get out of the relationship. And I think that is, I mean, it really is not to be overly dramatic, it's a very brave thing to do. It's a very brave challenge to put yourself and only a certain type, I'm not one of them, only a certain type of people uh, can actually take that adventure. Yeah. Yeah. Polly is definitely, I used to tell people when I was Polly, uh, you know, don't try this at home, folks. And they say, you know, don't, you know, don't do these stunts at home. Um. <sighs> I personally have really struggled with jealousy and envy, especially in my last poly relationship where I think I got in over my head as far as attachment's concerned. But once that relationship ended and I went into other poly relationships, um, it was easier for me to kind of separate my feelings out for this is my own personal jealousy and envy. And this is like something that involves the whole group. Right. It's the one thing that, I think that Polly, like, first off, you have to basically say that, like, blanket statement. We've said it a million times. Polly's not a cure for all your relationship problems, and it's not the root of all your problems either. Right. That being said, when you have multiple partners, you kind of have to decide when you're building that hierarchy. There's so many different ways to do Polly. 
where there's people that consider themselves equals. There are people that consider themselves a primary couple and a secondary couple, whatever the way your hierarchy is built, everybody has to be on board with this or that feeling of I'm being loved by some, someone else loves the other person and it's not equal that can wane on you after a while. Absolutely. Absolutely. And that's, and that's where you have to stay in that negotiation, that conversation. Jealousy and envy is, can occur in every relationship, monogamous or poly. We have to always say that, uh, monogamous people are constantly jealous and envious of their other partners, friendships, relationships, job, whatever, and jealousy, that fear of losing something every time they they talk to another person that yes. you feel threatened by. These are all normal. This isn't just a poly thing. Jealousy right. happens across the fucking board. It's just more direct in a poly yeah. non-monogamous relationship. It is something that you know is going to occur. You can see these moments are coming depending on the type of relationship you have. If you're in this type where there's a hierarchy and you know that that partner is in love with this partner and that they're giving you something else, that is completely different from like what I had with Mew and Bunny, which was a triad, which we were yes. all in a relationship together. And everyone that we had, all of our other partners, we all had together, except maybe on occasional they had a a, a partner uh, that they played with that was lesbian or, or whatever, and I wasn't included mm-hmm. in that. Um but everyone has is going to face that time where they feel like they're being left out, yeah. where they're feeling that they're not included. But in this situation, this is something that is right in your face. And I'm going yeah. to say that everyone gets to deal with their relationship how they they can handle it. But if you don't discuss this, if you don't talk about each of these feelings as they occur – you're not going to know what your partner is going through. And then you're going obliviously on, oh, this is great. Everything's great. And you don't see the resentments that are building or the the fear or, you know, until it starts to manifest in behaviors where they're becoming distant and cold and, you know, things are going. And then all of a sudden you're like, okay, well, we have a situation now. Yeah. I think I have my mic drop moment here. This is a point I don't think I've ever made in regards to poly and all the poly relationships oh. I've had and all the what I really I really took some time and I thought about this. I don't, OK, maybe it's not a great mic drop moment. <laughs> well, we'll um, find out. <laughs> whatever. But it is for me. If you are in this situation where, you know, there is a hierarchy and you know that you are at a different position, you are not the primary You have to seek your validation from yourself to realize at every second of every day that you are not a number two. You matter just as much as that primary does as a person, as a creative thinker, as a contributing member of society, and to yourself and everyone around you. There is no number two if you have your own back. And a lot of people feel they need that validation from the person they're in a relationship with in order to know that they are not a subhuman. If you are the type of person, however, that tries to get into this type of relationship and you don't have the ability to love yourself and believe in yourself enough to know that regardless of whatever your partner is with or the hierarchy or whatever, if you don't have the ability to make yourself in your head not a number two human next to that person, you're probably not ready for that type of relationship because you're not number two. You're only in that dynamic. Maybe there's a hierarchy do you understand what I'm saying? Am I making that point clear? No, actually, um, that 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 for me really um, is a mic drop moment because that just that just hit me like really, really, really hard. Um, because that you you just friggin' nailed the seven or eight years of my last poly relationship where I was made to feel like number two, right. and I accepted that, 
and it's just because I wanted the relationship so badly. Well, I guess if I can't have number one, I'll have number two. And I've had to do a lot of work on myself and especially me being anxiously attached where I just grab onto anything that'll love me. It doesn't matter if it's good for me or not. Right. um, That I, and you screaming in my ear for years about love yourself before you love anybody else. You know, you got, you know, take care of yourself before you take care of anybody else. And it's just, it's taken a lot of work for me to get to where I am, where, yeah, I am going to be fucking number one. You know what I mean? And it's just have, you know, not being desperate to be in love with somebody. It's that, that just, right. yeah, you, you really just gut punched me on that. I wasn't expecting that. <laughs> I think about things. <laughs> no, but it's just like, like you, like you literally just summed up like seven years of chasing this toxic narcissistic asshole that kept me at bay and used Polly as an excuse to fuck other girls. Sure. And, and you know, there, I, I, I have wonderful, people around me that are shining examples of poly, whether they be triads, whatever it is. I have wonderful people that have been poly relationships for years. It works for them and great. And I've had poly relationships that worked as well, but it always seemed to fizzle out for me. And I think what the poster was saying about like, I have to have this awareness of, yes, this is my relationship with that person. This is their relationship with that person. And sometimes they're going to overlap a bit, but there is a line there. Right. And how thick you draw that line depends on how you do your poly, but it's just, you have to just remember that being a third partner doesn't mean you're like, you're a third priority. You just nailed it where it's just, you got it. You got to be your own number one. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, you are never going to be a number two. And sometimes people are like Bunny was super confident. Bunny never felt like a number two, even though there was kind of a priority around Mew and Mew hated that, that it, you know, that doesn't exist. I don't want to be the primary blah, 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 blah. Uh, But Bunny and I's relationship and Bunny and Mew's relationship was a little more distant. She didn't live with us. She was a little bit, uh, you know, away. She had all these other things going on. And so, but Bunny's confidence in herself, she knew that I loved her. She knew that Mew loved her. There, there wasn't a question of that. She was, wasn't supported, that she wasn't cared for, that she didn't have a priority when she was going through something bad that, that would, um, have us change plans to, you know, work with her. You know, it didn't, there's a difference between making like you were talking about where it's negative, where somebody's demeaning you and making you feel less than, and then a situation where it's okay. That especially if you're, if you're in college or you're starting a business and you don't want that 24 seven commitment, a hierarchy relationship is fantastic for you. Yes. Because you're getting a lot of love. You're getting as much love as you feel you need with people that respect you and have inspired your respect and vice versa. But you don't you don't have to be there 24-7 dealing with their shit. Well, and, and, and I used to when I used to explain my poly situation to people that were on the vanilla slash king side, it would always be like I used to get X and Y from my husband and I used to get Y and Z from my my poly partner. And it's like, they were different types of things that I get because there were two very different guys. And also I had a woman in the mix also. So she was, you know, I got very different things from her, but it, you get different things from different people. But right. going back to what you said with bunny that, you know, you guys were pretty much a triad and kind of equal as a sidebar. I remember all the years you guys, you know, that she was into like humiliation play and stuff. And like, she still, even though she seemed very confident every once in a while, you gave, you know, she would say the word join right. and you'd bring her in because you right. cared about her. Because even though, you know, the focus of that scene or that moment was the other person that you were doing stuff with, you still had enough respect to basically, if she said join to like bring her in versus you'd be like, no, fuck no, I'm, I'm, I'm with this person now. Screw you. Right. You know what I mean? You, you, that there was that mutual love and respect there. And it's just, Polly is hard, y'all, and I've seen so many people run in and fall flat on their face, and it's just like, oh, yeah. It's also awesome. 
Yes. It's not. Oh, it's no, like a, it's not a martyrdom. I don't. I'm not poly. I'm not non-monogamous because it's not fun. I'm I'm non-monogamous because it's insane and yeah. wonderful. And and yes, the sex, especially when you're doing things together, it's fucking awesome. But uh, it it is not without a little more work in that communication because there's more than one person you have to communicate with, and everyone right. and, has and to even, yeah, be on it. Well, even even like. So Doc and Kat are poly, okay? And pretty much everyone in the tribe, like I think I've told people before that I wear a bracelet that represents my relationship with Kat and Doc. Right. And I'm part of the tribe, quote unquote. Right. So even though I, I love Kat and Doc to death, they're they're great friends of mine. I you know, but it's just I don't I don't sleep with them, but it's just the fact that there's a love there. So there is a version of polyamory, you know, in a sure. way that they call it. So it's sure. just there's a non there's plenty of people that have non-sexual poly, polyamory. I've known people that it's just like I like hanging out with this person. I like, you know, cuddling with this person and doing stuff, but it's not sexual. So there, the, poly is what you want to make it. And it's just you have to every as we said, up nauseum, communicate and just keep communicating because things change. They absolutely do. It's a fantastic post and such a great opportunity. I'm super, I mean, I don't know this poster, but I'm super proud of them for that bravery and yes. uh, finding better versions of themselves that give them the ability to value themselves in that situation. And I think it's awesome. Super, super happy about this topic. So thank you, Daisy05, for giving us uh, permission to read your post. And if you see any posts on FetLife you think that might interest us, don't forget to tag us at Perverted Podcast so we can see it. Kinky world news is sometimes cool and sometimes fucked up. Let's glory hold the planet right now with Enigma. Yeah! Enigma. Yes, okay. There's a happy Halloween. And a happy halloween to you, too. This is actually the closest to a Halloween episode, I think, date-wise, that we've had in, in a while. <laughs> but uh, you're the only one that's doing, other than my life is being pretty frightening, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. you're the only one actually scaring people right now. And uh, thank you so much for taking some time away from all your haunting and shenanigans mm-hmm, to mm-hmm. come and uh, join us here. Uh, any uh, any good stories at the Halloween hard haunts? Um, I mean, I, I will say this. Uh, I, I, this will probably come out after after all of the haunts are over. But um, if you if you are one of the people who go to haunts simply to fuck with the scare actors, touch us, grab us, grope us, whatever, um, fuck you. Uh- <laughs> oh wow. Yeah, no, has it been a bad year for it's that? It's been a pretty bad year for that, and I've I've heard from other people at other uh, bigger haunts, like like the one that I'm at, um, that people's people's audacity level is is pretty pretty fucking high this this year, um, and like c- certain places have put in put into place rules and stuff to kind of help uh, kind of corral people, but. It's still there's still a lot of audacity this year. So there have been a lot of really fun scares. And I will say that I've definitely helped a few people discover their interest in monster fucking. But um, yeah, that I a lot of people getting touchy. So they're just what they're just coming up and like, oh, here's another uh, human that's not really a human because I only talk to a cell phone every day. Yeah. And they just like start touching and grabbing. Like, like, like some of it is is you know mildly innocent, where it's like they want a picture, and so they're like they they grab the arm and pull you closer. Like it, that's still not okay, but like it's kind of understandable. Um, but then it, but like uh, one of the people that I worked with, like they they had their head grabbed and like thrusted towards the per- like the guy's crotch in like a you know a forced. Bl- oh wow, yeah. yeah, that's that's like a yeah, yeah, that's that's definitely. Uh... Entering a pretty uh, yeah, yeah. So you don't have any recourse at your job. They don't stand up for you. So they they and- they will if we can catch them. But a lot of these people, like, um, like the the particularly the place that I I work at. I'm not going to say I don't know, but the place that I worked work at it, like they have people in place. But like if if we don't catch them in time, they're they're gone into the into the park. Um and. Oh, wow. If we don't have like a very specific description and can point at them, um, like it, it, there's not a lot we can do unless they come back and we and we specifically notice right. them. Right. Um, 
So you can carry a taser, though. I, you know, I've and, thought about and, it. And, and, dro- <laughs> and drop them right there and then go, yeah, it's that guy that just shit himself on the floor. That's the guy that molested yeah, me. Yeah, I have no idea how that happened, but um, it was that guy. Uh- <laughs> yeah, he was. He, <laughs> he's there sucking his thumb. Wow, that's kind of shitty. I'm real sorry that happened. We haven't heard uh, a lot of reports of this until then. Usually you go in and you scare. You have a great time. Yeah. You get some people turned on. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And, and, and that uh, has happened. Like I said, like I've definitely made eye contact with some very, very lovely humans who got scared and discovered something about, about they either discovered a new kink or I helped them live out the kink that they have suppressed deep inside. But um, right. otherwise... Yeah, but just don't touch... Yeah, don't, don't 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 touch the scare actors. That's just that's just how that works. Yeah, I mean you're not allowed to fucking touch them. Right. So it's just you know, it's just uh, yeah, eh, well, it, 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 shitty people. Yeah, sh- sh- shitty people be shitty. But other than that, um, I have uh, I have had some fun shenanigans with D. Um, she's she's just been continually fantastic, and I'm trying to get plans um, with a couple of my other play partners to do more kinky shenanigans once once haunt season is over and i have my weekends back um and i can i can start enacting other sorts of uh, i can start playing my other kinks that i haven't done in a little while that sounds absolutely wonderful so now with you and d are you still exploring a lot of the bottomy stuff with her or are you you back to switching Uh, i mean honestly almost every time we're together we switch a little bit um like it, it, it can, we definitely, we definitely have a relationship where we can go back and forth um, pretty easily. Um, like I, we got together uh, on Monday. Uh, Mondays have been our day during haunt season because that's like our only day where we have consistently off together. Um, but like on Monday, like she came in and I was like, yeah, I'm kind of hungry, um, but I'd rather eat you. Um, oh, oh, and then. And so she got very like toppy and like sat on my face and it was great. And then when we were done, she was like, all right, now go, now go get actual food. I was like, ah, God damn it. Fine. <laughs> uh, but then I came back and I sat on top of her and I teased her and fucked her face and all that fun stuff. So, you know, there is nothing that's as warming to the cockles <laughs> of your heart. The cockles. As a good face rape, there's there's just mm-hmm, a it's mm-hmm. it's a it's an act of pure love and intimacy. <laughs> she smothers your your face with her gunt, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, and then you choke your cock down her throat. Mm-hmm. I'm just you know sometimes this lifestyle just makes me feel so so sentimental and and squishy <laughs> and it's just the love. It's the love. Yeah, it's just yeah. really. <laughs> It's the love enigma, and that's what I like about it. Well, congratulations on having some fun Thank you. in spite of some of the other stuff at work that's not going so well. We do have a good topic today. Uh, I've been very introspective on topics. Uh, you know, the topic that uh, Path Girl and I talked about before, I was able to look at things a little bit differently. And here's another topic where I was able to see. It's amazing that as you continually go through these topics, that it's really important that you revisit things. Obviously, for the show, we do a lot of foundational stuff and where he's talking about consent and self-actualization and communication and stuff like that. But even in the specific, like, thinking about the topics, it's kind of, it's good to just keep repeating and going back to those every now and again because it's like who you are today, you're going to be different tomorrow. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. You're like, you grow, you learn, and things and it's just been, I mean, it's one of the things that I just really get off on in doing the show is because I really feel maybe not, I'm not getting smarter, but I definitely feel like I'm growing and I'm understanding myself and, and my partners more. And so uh, this one is something, and we've touched around it, but it's uh, basically we're talking about, you know, subspace and it's specifically male subspace. Uh, hit the Reddits. There's a, a woman that's uh, been involved in a BDSM relationship, mostly as the sub herself, though she's, of course, starting to develop now her dom side. And her husband has not, I guess, done any real kink, but she's always kind of suspected that he was interested in being submissive, 
But she was cool, played the good game. She didn't push. She kind of waited. You wait for that baby deer to come to you, you know? <laughs> and that's what she done did. She waited that baby deer. Maybe she dropped a couple little pellets, mm-hmm. little pellets there to see if the if the baby deer went, yeah, I, I like something in my butt, you know, whatever. You don't know, <laughs> but she let that baby deer come. And then eventually he started to, of course, you know, warm up to the idea. And, uh, but he still has a hard time, which is so common among male submissives specifically is that it's it's accepting his desire to be submissive right you know and she's like asking hey what are ways i can help him into a more submissive mindset and help him strip away you know those ideas about masculinity because that is literally the number one that i hear from male submissives and the female dominance that are you know trying to walk them through that kind of social emasculation that we put on ourselves in that situation. And I know you obviously are starting to learn more and get more into your submissive side. So I thought it'd be a good time to kind of talk about that emasculation. What are your experiences with that? Or do you, does that even bother you? I mean, th- there are aspects of, uh, of submitting as a guy that I, I just don't participate in. Um, like I know that, you know, uh, like CBT and cock, cage, cock cages um, and like sissification and that sort of thing. I know that those are a lot, those are big in um, certain guys's, uh, you know, world of, of being a submissive. But for me, uh, that's something that has been a pretty hard limit for me um, just because like I, I am hard enough on myself and my own body image and, um, and the idea of, putting myself in a chastity cage from my cock just like it's 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 a it's a harder than hard limit just because of how what it just seeing it on other people even if it's something that they really enjoy um can sometimes trigger that part of my brain that is just like i just it's an like it's a very sometimes it's a very involuntary negative response to that um kind of like you can't cage me you're not gonna fucking control me that like lashing out uh, not even that but just be like i i have body image issues about about the size of my dick and like we talked about it before like i have uh i have ed and so just being like your dick is so malfunctioning that we're just gonna lock it up like no that that oh yeah yeah. like i just i just kind of went like physically just because it was just like no i'm 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 good and like something that I like with D that she's been really good about it. Just being like, no, I like, yes, it's, it, it doesn't stay hard, but like, it's still very sensitive. And so I can still get fun noises out of you. And I can still like, there's still ways to, to tease and play with me and not put, m- put me in that sort of position. And so for this guy and, and for this couple, it's like finding out where, where your limits are um, is definitely going to be, definitely going to be a big part of it so what you're talking about with you is like from what i hear Mm -hmm. correct me if i'm wrong um is it sounds like a lot of your issues are aren't necessarily about the emasculating and like i'm not a man because i let a woman dominate me but it's more you're not liking the humiliation of certain activities right because because like 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 i follow like a a few doms like on on tiktok and on like x and like the, the the thing that really like turns me off is when it's just like, oh, who's gonna be pathetic and um, who's gonna be right. my little my my little girly boy or like stuff like that. And I'm just like, I I'm not really gonna engage with that content because it's just it's 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 not affecting me in the right in the way that they're that that they are hoping for. Um, right. Yeah. Yeah. So for for so yeah so like my exploration of my subside has just been finding people who are um like i i tend to lean more towards um i don't really call them this but like the mommy dom the more nurturing the more supportive the more um like yes i i I, want to do naughty things to you but at the same time i don't want to put you down so I've, i've kind of been leaning more in that direction of um, of the type of, of Dom that I that I play with. I think that's real good. It's really good, no matter, I mean, it doesn't matter, male or female, mm-hmm. um, that you need to 
have somebody that you're exploring with, especially if you're going to start giving up power in any way, mm-hmm. that it's somebody that dr- not only draws that trust out of you right. and earns that respect, but that it's that you're going to kind of work through these things and find out what are the things that turn you on. Like Abyss used to be great at starting that conversation with bottoms and potential bottoms. Uh, where she was like, so what gets your dick hard? Let's just talk about that. Let's just talk about the things that turn you on before we start dictating what type of mindset you're supposed to have. Because right. like in your situation, if somebody just sprung humiliation on you, yeah, that would obviously not put you in a, in a submissive mindset because that's not your type of submission. Right. So it's really important to kind of develop those things and if you don't know well then once again that's that let that baby deer come to you kind Mm -hmm. of thing even in the play where you put the things in front of the submissive and you say these are things that are possible and these are things and maybe you'll find you like that you don't like this type of humiliation you like that you don't like any humiliation you just want to be of service Mm -hmm. you know and that's I think going to be surely in the case of this person, if the if the wife who is now acting as the dominant in this play scene, if she can just put that freedom in front of him, right. that we're not going to put those expectations, we're just going to explore and find that out. I think that's a much quicker road, at least between you two, in dealing with what what's going to get you better to that mindset. Right, and I, 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 this actually came up in in one of the Discord servers that I'm in. That's a kind of more of a kinky server, and it was actually a, a it was the opposite. A, a one of the the women in the group was wanting to be more of a submissive uh, partner to her do- or to her partner who wanted to play being more dominant. Um, and the the suggestion that I gave to her was to kind of uh, bottom uh, bottom from the top. I think it's, I think that's how I put it where um, like the, like if he, if he has some like fantasies and she's more, she's been more of a submissive role, but like is trying to be more domly to like have him order her to do things to him that make him feel more submissive. So more, sur- so like service topping, but doing it with a submissive mindset, right. kind of. Um, and I think, especially because it sounds like from what she's putting, she hasn't had a lot of experience with, with on the on the dom side. So what the, what it would do, what it was, it would allow these these two people who may may have filled specific shoes for a while to kind of ease into the other mindset, um, right? While still staying in that sort of DS dynamic that maybe they were kind of playing with before. Sure, sure. I think that's a that I mean. Look, you can jump into anything and throw shit at the at the wall. <laughs> yeah. And you might get lucky in something. A lot of people live like, oh, I'm just going to choke this bitch and hope it works out for the best. And it does. But then, you know, sometimes it kind of doesn't. Yeah. So that's why we're always going to default to, you know, allow that process to develop on its own and enjoy the conversation. Enjoy the excitement of learning things together. Every new partner that you have is like literally a new science experience (laughs) that just has like everyone. Mm -hmm. I mean, there's some things that are kind of similar in, you know, generalities for some, but if you treat every person like a brand new, amazing science experiment, Mm -hmm. That you're going to learn about yourself. You're going to learn about this person. You're going to learn about skills and techniques. You're going to maybe learn things that you thought you liked that all of a sudden you're like, that doesn't work for me. Mm -hmm. You may find things that you absolutely were like, no fucking way. All of a sudden now are your favorite things. We talk about that a lot, but it's just if you treat each person as that individual, like exciting potential science experiment. Right you're going to likely have success no matter what you do. You're either going to get closer with your partner because you're communicating and building intimacy. You're going to learn new types of play. You're going to find out things that maybe you've been trying and you thought you should like, you know, or you should be a certain way. And you're going to find out that doesn't work. There are so many 
positives that can come out as opposed to the negatives when you really treat it with that space from both ends. Oh, for sure. And like the, the conversation that D and I have had several times where it's like, we're going to try this. And if it works out really great, great. And if it doesn't, we, we, we tried, we had fun, we got messy. We probably laughed a little right. bit and it was still a wonderful, delightful, sexy, intimate time with, with my partner. And, and yeah. that, 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 and we, we talked about that with like our, our sexual dysfunctions, like, orgasm doesn't have to be the goal it could like literally the goal is doing sexy things with our partners and having fun with it can can orgasms be fun absolutely but they don't have to be a goal i know with you like it's not the most comfortable thing to orgasm and so like that's not necessarily a goal for you and if that somebody is like ultimate expectations then maybe not play with you is right but that yeah it's it's something that it's definitely something that needs to be part of the conversation. I agree. I agree. Now, I didn't I know the the post started with the perceived ideas about masculinity. Uh-huh. So, I don't want to we're not running from that. No, of course not. Because these these are the new things that I've been thinking about. And uh because it is important that that thing that a lot of men feel because we have this social construct of a man must always be in control and a man must always be strong and a man must always fight Mm -hmm. and a man must always this. And yes, in some cases and in some survival settings, yes, you got to fight and you got to stand up and you have to advocate and you have to protect. And yes, those things all, you know, in some situations, you know, doesn't matter male or female. Sometimes you got to fucking fight and stand up and be strong. Mm -hmm. But it's the emasculation thing in regards to being submissive to a female authority figure, I think is incredibly it's I'm not just gonna say misguided, yeah, but it's it's ignoring like you may not want to submit to anyone. I don't want to submit to anyone. Right. I have not found anyone that has inspired me to do that yet. If it happens, it happens. As of now, man, woman, flea biscuit, or fucking tree, I don't want to submit to anybody. Right. But it's very important to understand a programming statistic because your brain works on programming. Mm -hmm. So to say that any man that submits to a woman is ridiculous or not cool or, you know, emasculating, I still want us to think of a fact. That is a very important fact, and that is almost every, not every, but almost every single Navy SEAL, (laughs) MMA fighter, gangster, uber dominant has spent specifically years of their life as a 24-7 male submissive to a female dom called mom. Your entire childhood programming was you in submission to a female authority figure. Not everyone, but most of you. Right. The idea that submitting to a female builds weakness is bullshit. Right. The most badass fucking soldier, fighter, fucking crazy badass motherfuckers. When their mom told them to sit down at 11 years old and fucking raised a backhand, you better believe the majority of them sat the fucking down and said, yes, ma'am. Right. It is part of programming. Now, I don't want to get all Freudian, but where does that desire for some people like maybe they had a good experience where it was the mom was a healthy experience. And even though they were strict and they had to submit to their authority you know, while they were a kid, maybe they me. Some people want to reenact that because it was a safe feeling. They had focus. Maybe it was a bad situation and they felt that they never got that, um, that attention and care and nurture from their mom. There's a million reasons of why you may desire to submit to a female as a man. Mm -hmm. But I think it's absolutely ridiculous to treat it like it's some sort of, wimpy anomaly when the majority of men 
started as submissives to their mother. Right. Does that make sense? It does. And uh, like, and there have been other points that like people have had to like, you had a teacher who was in charge or you had a coach. Sure. Or you had like a babysitter, somebody, somebody, uh, I mean, babysitter has probably started some of the fantasies, but, um, but yeah, like, like you, you, you've had these people in positions of power, but maybe it just wasn't in like the intimate way that we're talking about now. But that doesn't mean sure. that, like, some uh, that doesn't mean doing what they said made you any less of a man. That didn't make you any less of a person. Uh, yeah, because some of you turned into some pretty crazy fucking badass men. Right, right, exactly. So, I, I, I getting over that, and then, I mean, that's something that I've had to get over for all, all levels of kink. Like there was getting over um like the fact that like oh i'm not supposed to hit a girl well some of the girls actually really like getting hit so maybe you can try it and see what happens um and it's it's yeah it's getting over that programming um that maybe we were raised with like yes your mom is okay but like you should never submit to a woman like there's a whole culture of people right now who are like if you if you wipe your own ass like, like that makes you gay and it's just it's so fucking no it's it's so fucking dumb like it the act of touching your asshole to clean it is making you it uh it's it's so dumb man man that's good though it's hilarious that's good though because i was literally gay 10 minutes before we recorded the show okay i am here living out my clean butthole gaiety right mm-hmm, here mm-hmm. here with you and uh still don't i don't submit to women but somehow i still became gay for my own butthole yeah it's crazy it is a crazy thing but i think it's okay i think issues of emasculation are really focused about how you look at other men yeah because if your life is about comparing yourself to other men and getting the approval of whether or not I'm masculine to another man, mm-hmm. you already are living outside of yourself. <laughs> you know, yeah. you're really going to, it's a struggle and you're constantly going to be angry and competitive and whatever. I don't have to live up to the approval of whether another man thinks I'm masculine or not. Right. Because I have to define what is my, you know, my masculinity as far as what do I think. Are, you know, and it doesn't even matter about, you know, what gender you are. It's really about, am I a strong person? Masculinity doesn't necessarily mean strength because there's a lot of assholes that act really masculine, but they're pieces of shit. Yeah. So it doesn't, it's really what about, what about me becomes a stronger, better person that uh, is a benefit to the planet. Because if it's just about competing with other dudes and having them think you're tough, um, I don't know. That's a lot. That's a that's a kind of empty, painful life where you're never going to be satisfied because you're constantly going to be living up to other people's opinions of you, which is actually kind of a weak thing to do, as far as I'm concerned. Yeah, no, it, it definitely is. It, you're when when you're you're submitting to other people's opinion. Hang on, uh, I, I heard that. <laughs> Yeah, Blues Brothers, I'm 50 feet from a train tracks. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Okay, go ahead. I'm sorry. No, like, like, like when you like when you when you fall into that mindset, you are literally submitting to what other men are telling you to do. And yeah, and that's and that's really ridiculous. And like, there's there's no reason there's no reason to like have that sort of mindset. Like, like, it's not healthy. It's not going to get you far in life. Like, there's so many reasons why, like having that sort of mindset is just actually detrimental to like how you approach, how you approach life. Yeah. A lot of Navy SEALs love their mothers. Yeah. A lot of Navy SEALs, a lot of like giant athlete basketball players talk about how their mom kicked their ass and they sure didn't turn out to be pussies. Mm -mm. You know, it's really not, it's, are you going to be a stronger, better person? And however you get there, how do you act outside of your relationship towards people? What strength of character do you show, you know, are you, you know, are you a strong person? I think that's the only, you know, that's the only thing I really care about. Yeah. And it's like people, people like look at me like I'm gender bending because I wear kilts and I'm like, are you going to tell 
like the the Vikings that, um, yeah, that, like oh, you're not Vikings, but like the Celts or whatever, whoever the fuck were yeah, yeah. were killed, Sella, like our badass like fighters. Like, lots of people, lots of lots of Europeans were killed while they smashed people's fucking skulls. Yeah, like like skirts yeah. have been a big part of of culture for years. Um, so yeah, I I think. W- Part of growing in kink and also as a person is just getting over these these cultural things that are like shoved into our brains to like look at the world in in kind of unhealthy, uh, self-deprecating sort of ways. Right. It's a good topic. It was good. I was really glad to to really kind of dig into this one and think about it. Mm-hmm. So glad that you were here to give some insight on your experiences. Uh, Enigma, how do they uh, get a hold of us if they want to give us ideas for the show or contact us or uh, reach under your kilt and play with your dick? <laughs> well, if that, they'll have to find a mean person and ask. But uh, to find us on the internet, if they want to contact us, they can email us at pervertedpodcast at gmail.com. Um, they can find us on Instagram at pervertedpodcast. They can find us on t- Twitter, aka X, at pervertedpcast. And they can find us on FetLife. There's both a group and a page. Just search Perverted Podcast. Wow, and just off the rails into the wall we go to the end of show 389. Thank you ever so much for joining us. Why, we have no idea. If you have any questions, comments, or topics you'd like us to cover, please reach out to us at pervertedpodcast at gmail.com or find us on TikTok or Instagram under the name Perverted Podcast. And then FutLife, there is both a group and a page. You can support us for free for hitting uh, the like or subscribe button on and whatever app you're listening to us on. It really does help other kinksters like you find us, spread the word, and push us up in the algorithms. And if you'd like to do a little bit more to help us, please go to our Patreon at patreon.com slash pervertedpodcast and sign up for our five bucks if you give a fuck level to get our shows a few days early lots of behind the scenes shenanigans and our half pp shows which i think we have one getting ready to drop or i actually dropped a day or so ago i just yeah yes, I dropped just that, dropped that's it a, and of course a free show that only goes to our patreon yes, subscribers yes, so and- every month you're missing a show that is not heard by oh. anyone but the patron subscribers Wait. there's been what and, and, and especially our last patreon i have two words for you glory hole oh yeah you gotta hear about we didn't talk about it here we talked it on patreon (laughs) yeah yeah that was scary crazy and love and smushy kisses to our patrons around the world we love you that's right keep your mouth open when you do that so you can see that wonderful (laughs) dick sucking mouth what i just (laughs) feeling good Feeling good about your dick sucking mouth, goddammit, uh, Path Girl. Next week, of course, we will be uh, doing a domless.com uh, toy review, and uh, it's going to be a lot of fun. We're still uh, going through that giant box of domless.com toys that they sent us, yes. and we'll hit that on the next show. Here is another goddamn hit song that's going to make your genitals tingle. And we'll see you guys on the next one. I have suffered. I've been hated. I wore a tie once. It's overrated. Say I'm a loser. I will debate it. I'm a blue star. Your light is faded. I'm a devil on a shoulder back to crack the holy code. And all the sheep that are asleep can hack the data I upload. So, 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 so. it's time to let them know. Traffic controller better tell the other planes to leave this one alone or I'll cut off those wings and drop them like Ebola. I'm a maverick and you're a baby in a stroller. I have lusted, followed procedure, been rejected, kept my demeanor. It made me stronger. My game is cleaner. Trial by fire. I'm a believer. I will rise from the rubble, solve the puzzle, build the muscle. I'm a phoenix on fire, not a sucker for a hustle. You gotta get it through your skull. I fly solo, the air traffic controller better tell the other planes to leave this one alone or I'll cut off those wings.
things and drop them like Ebola. I'm a maverick, and you're a baby in a stroller. To smack you from the spell that has destroyed the minds of man History always proves that letting other people choose The words you say or think or do will keep you weaker than a fool You can't hold me, I'm not compliant I will not sit down, I am defiant You wanna take me out and make me silent? You'll need a whole town, cause I'm a giant in the end, I will defend the one I am that can't befriend the status quo that you pretend will not destroy your lives again. Don't let these motherfuckers win. I fly solo, the air traffic controller. Better tell the other planes to leave this one alone, or I'll cut off those wings and drop them like Ebola. I'm a maverick, and you're a baby in a stroller. Okay. The air traffic controller better tell the other planes to leave this one alone or I'll cut off those wings and drop them like Ebola. I'm a maverick and you're a baby in a stroller.